Greetings, ghouls and ghosts. I am your favorite host, Immortal Brando. And I'm joined here by these lovely people who Ukraine loves Fatal Frames. Uh, aside from the drop, I'm sorry, top, <laughs> drill a bit, introduce yourself. Oh, hey everybody. Glad to be on here and looking forward to talk about Fatal Frame. I mean, I'm uh, looking forward to talk about Fatal Frame. Sorry, goofed. <laughs> uh, Lily, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Lily Greywolf. I, you know, just do general streams of uh, survival horror games, typically. Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, Sleeping Belly, uh, introduce yourself. Yeah, hi, my name is uh, Sleeping Bell, but you guys can call me Bell. And uh, I'm a big fan of Fatal Frame, and I've been playing this for like how many years? Has has it been out? So yeah, I'm really excited so to be here today. It's it's actually the twentieth year anniversary. Oh, really? This year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, December of two thousand one, to be exact. Oh yeah, it's been that long. <laughs> All right, and unfortunately, we have Renegade Operative here. Shut up. I'm still green to the series, um, but I have played one, two, three, and a little bit of four, so I am here to contribute. All right. You didn't miss much on five, so you're good. Uh, yeah, you'll handle that one, though. I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> All righty. Uh, I'm real number one. How did you personally get involved with Fatal Frame as a franchise? What compelled you to check the games out? Hold on, wait All a right. second. I don't think you introduced Drill. I did. Uh, no, he oh. did. Oh, okay. Well, Drill sucks. Yeah, that's wow. true. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll read off again. Uh, what got you personally involved in the franchise, and what made you um, want to the games out? All right, for me personally, I have no idea how I got involved in the franchise. It just happened. So I got no oh. story, no elaborate story how I got into the franchise. It just happened overnight. Mm, I guess I can go next. Um, well, my story is not really that special. I just simply play these games for the podcast. But because of that, I found some renewed interest, so to speak, in this sort of paranormal uh, genre. So I, I really love the gameplay and I really love the um, story of Fatal Frame. It is a shame, actually, that back in the past, I seen this game on blockbuster shells before and i was wondering like what is this and i never got it i actually went and got doom 3 over fatal frame 2 and i really regret oh. that so bad because i'm like <laughs> now that i've like processed this in my head i really wish i would have got fatal frame <laughs> instead Damn. all doom games man you got three yeah i, I mean what's wrong with it i think it's, I mean, it's fine it is not a bad game though but it, i it's not a doom game it's like it's trying to be survival horror rather than you know action packed. Yeah, and then and then there fun. was the whole Doom Four thing, but that's for another time. Yeah, that's another mm -hmm. podcast for sure. But I, I just really wish I would have changed my mind because I would have been scared shitless. Uh, more of what? the Fatal Frame games. Wait, you you had it for Xbox, right? Doom Three. Yes. Damn. So anyone else want to continue their story oh, into how they I... got into the series? I guess I could go. Go ahead. I mean, I think it's because uh, it was just word of mouth, and people said it was really scary, and that 
and and because and because Koei Tecmo made it, I thought, oh, I I got I thought all they made were just Dynasty Warriors games. But nope, no, they made Fatal Frame. At least Tecmo did. And also, and also, I did hear about it. A, also, I did hear about it a bit from like the whole, all the petitions to try to bring Fatal Frame forward to the West, along with other titles like Xenoblade Chronicles and Disaster Day of Crisis. Which, yeah, well, that's a whole another thing. But yeah, that nine's pretty simple as well. Anyone right. else? Anybody else? Oh yeah, for uh, for me, I've I've known about the games for a really long time, so I couldn't even say like it had to be like at least fifteen years ago when I played the first one, and I played it a bit with uh, my family, so that was you know <laughs> we were able to like openly like discuss it as we like went along and you know try and figure out uh, what was going on with the story. And, uh, of course, you know, those scares in, like, the first one, it's just so classic. But I've also played through the second one and third one. So that's where I'm coming from. And uh, for me, I'm pretty much the same with Lily. So my cousin have this game, and one day, I I'm smaller than him, and one day he just, like, come on, you have to play this game. And I played it together with my younger sister and it's really really scary for uh, I think I'm like in a in a middle school and we both played uh together and well we just we just love it since then yeah all right cool cool uh hey Ren you want to read number two uh give me just one second hold on a second let me find a document. I am severely slacking, and I think I got it. Okay. So, number two, what is the scariest, least scariest ghost that you've encountered within the series? Um, I guess I'll go first since I'm answering this. So, the scariest ghost, in my honest opinion, is the lady with the broken neck from Fatal Frame 2. It's just creepy when you take pictures of her and you see her head like slanted all the way to the side. Uh, and the noises that she makes is downright disgusting. So that's another reason why I really am scared of that ghost. Um, the least scariest is probably the one I just played recently from Fatal Frame 3. Just the guys in the white clad outfits where they have no weapons. Granted, they are scary when they actually have like swords and butcher knives and stuff like that. But just the normal guys that try to grab you and they're super slow. I didn't find them intimidating at all. And that's my uh, scariest and least scariest ghost in the series. Hmm. All right, Ren. Well, for me, probably the... I don't know. The broken net ones aren't too scary for me, but I think the ones that are blind are a lot more scarier. Mainly because they're... Mainly because they're so quick and you gotta be... You gotta act... You gotta be, you know, have fast reflexes or else they're gonna... Or else they just grab you and take like a quarter of your life. I just thought they were funny or, because they always scream about having no arms, and I thought that dialogue was hilarious. Well, I don't know why. No eyes, you mean? Uh, yeah, no eyes, no arms. It's like two of them. One with no arms and one that's like absolutely blind. 
I mean, it's creepier when in the first game when you see the backstory, how they would just, like, puncture their eyes out as part of a ritual. I, I thought that was the pretty The rituals are just gruesome. Yeah. Like, oof. The only one I saw was some lady was getting impaled in the third one, and that was it. But, yeah, I, I know of them for sure. One of them involves um you literally getting strangled in all limbs, including your head, and... Oh, your limbs are going to just get ripped off by these arm um, pulling the mechanisms. Oh yeah, they talked about that in the first one. I remember. Yeah, I I've heard they based it off like some ancient Shinto rig- rituals. Yeah, yeah, that's also a form of execution in um some parts. I think it was in China, back in yeah. the good old days. Yeah, it's just really creepy. But the least scariest, I guess, like those, I guess, like those little ghost kids, because they're more annoying than scary. Basically, I don't, I don't know. It, it's not like I don't know. It, it takes a lot for ghost kids to be scary, unless it's like Silent Hill. <laughs> you know, you know, like the gray things that would grab at your legs. Yeah, like those are pretty creepy. Uh, no, I guess I'll go next on this one. The scariest one for me was the um, the lady with the upside down head. I'm like, nah, chief. Like the way she just come into the frame and like that that spooked me. That's a, I, I think that's the only time where I legit got spooked by um one of the ghouls or sorry ghosts. Can I think of another moment that actually made that stalled me like that? But at least Which game though, was that? I think it was two. Oh uh, yeah, the falling lady. Hmm. I think that falling lighting was yeah, one. Yeah, I think it's, it's the f- one. Oh, oh, okay. No, the uh, falling lady was in two. Yeah, I need to replay two. I think it's on two. Though. But Brandon, what is your like uh, least scariest ghost in the series? Yeah, I'm in agreement with Drill. Like the kids ones, they're just just annoying more so than scary. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I I can see that they're just. Uh, I guess it's the way they play, like, typically they don't do anything special, and I I remember they had a double enemy that was the ghost mom and then the child, and they really didn't do anything for me in terms of scares, actually they were like super slow, maybe the noises might get people, but really the kids are just like, you shoot them in the face with the camera and they're really nothing, it's the same pattern as before. Just either slower or faster, depending on the game. So, yeah, anyone sure. anyone else on this one? Uh, well, for me, uh, the scariest will be the, the Falling Woman also from Fatal Frame 2. Because they, uh, you know, they where, where they play the cutscene where she fall down and she's just coming at you. She will be the scariest one for me. And... The least scary will be like the farmer ghost, the 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 minion ghost. Yeah, <laughs> that will be the the least scariest one for me. I think um for me, some of the scarier ones are probably some of the really fast bosses. Just uh, I guess like the first time that you see. Mr. Takamine in the first one, he was pretty uh, crazy, or the Himura master, just uh, 
Ryoza Munakata was bad enough, but then the master comes out and he's like chasing you through the one of the tatami rooms with a sword, and it's just like, yeah, I might have to take a break. But uh, there were a couple of the ghosts that had like long hair in the third one, and some of them, the names are too similar for me to really remember them. I remember one was it she had to do with the Holly curse, but she was pretty creepy too and just like some of the things she would whisper or that would be whispered in the room that she was in and then i think for two probably the arc with the doll maker was probably the one of the creepier ones but uh least scary ghost has to be the worst ghost in all of the series and that's stroller grandma just can't even like start with that one <laughs> but she has to be the least scary because she is just so aggravating. <laughs> All right. Uh, anybody else uh, before we move on? Going once, going twice. Soul to the ghost hooker in red. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so we can continue on to number... Actually, no, I want to bring up that side question that uh, Kaneki brought up in chat. So, uh, what do you guys think of the Fatal Frame live-action movie, if you've seen it? It was alright. You know, um, it's... Honestly, it felt almost unrelated to Fatal Frame, in a way, but it does... Uh, it, ha it involves, like, the ritual stuff, but I don't remember if, like, anything, like, relation to the camera scare or any spirit stones was involved. But yeah, some ritual stuff was involved in the movie though, but not as I guess not as potent as it was in the games. Uh, it's it's a very different take on Fatal Frame, uh, just to put it um lightly. Yeah, when they were it, they were getting very experimental with Fatal Frame during like the late two thousands, early twenty tens. Mm hmm. Uh, I never actually. Uh, I know that they have the live action movie, but I never watched it before. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it either. Yeah, I've heard of other rumors where someone told me that there's going to be another adaptation of the live action movies, but is going to be done by the director who did the first Silent Hill movie. Oh, I've yeah, not you mean the American that. one. Yeah, Christoph Gaines, I think is his name. Um, I I think. If he manages to once again bring the same magic that he did for Silent Hill 1, then it might turn out to be something interesting. Um, but usually for American adaptations, something is lost in translation, so I am expecting that to happen at least. Yeah, I feel like they might make some weird changes like they did with the Silent Hill movie, but who know but I'd I'd say it's wait and see for me. Yeah, I think it still might be good, considering that Silent Hill is still good, despite the liberties they took. It's not as bad as uh, <laughs> Revelation. Oh my god, that <laughs> yeah, movie is... Speak it out, evil. That movie's a piece of crap, but we can move on. We, we can move on to the next question, so... Um, Drill, you want to read that? <clears throat> what are your top three scariest moments within the franchise? I mean, that's a hard one, because there's a lot of scary ones. Mm -hmm. huh. I mean, there's the first. I mean, there is the first time you encounter Kyrie. That was really scary for me. Also, there's a few moments. Eh, I, don't, I forget a few moments in Fatal Frame 2, but 
I feel it. there were some good ones in there. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think, uh, unless you're finished, Drill. Oh, I'm... Oh, I still got, like, one or two more. Go on. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pro What's still pretty scary for me is when, like, you're... When you're looking back into when you're like when they're having the flashback thing and you're looking back into the past and then all the monks just look at you, I thought that was really creepy. And what's your last uh, one? Hmm. It was something from Fatal Frame Two, but I don't remember it. I'm gonna try to like rapid fire minds really quickly, so. Um, scariest moments for me would be when the butcher ghost shows up in Fatal Frame 3, where he just, like, materializes out of nowhere after the creepy little girl starts singing. I thought that was, like, creepy as hell. Um, second one would be probably the bloody maiden crawling out of the bottom of the dojo from Fatal Frame 1. I, I really thought that got me as a jump scare, and then... Another one would be probably from Fatal Frame 2 with the whole, um, I think it's the first time you encounter the Ray Ghost. I didn't know what to expect, and then this giant demon came out of nowhere and one-shot at me, and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Um, so that kind of got me. That was the first time I think I felt like I could get away from an enemy without being one-shotted, but that game proved me otherwise. So yeah, that's my top three scariest moments done. Anyone else? Anyone else? Going once. Okay, but I, I already went through a bunch, so it's... I think maybe one of the other ones I didn't mention was um, some of like the first scenes, scenes where you see Yai in the first one are pretty creepy. She's just overall super just creepy for her imagery. The blinded ghosts, of course, in the first one, or man with long arms. He's pretty creepy. Um, in the third one, there's a crawling ghost where you have to go like underneath oh. the floorboards, and she is pretty creepy. Like she's not a very tough fight, but just like the second that you crawl under there, I think that's um, when you go through the handmaiden passages underneath, you go from one room to the other. And the second, you know, you have to crawl under there and you're on all fours. You're like a ghost better not attack me, better not attack me. And just like that whole like scene is like, like when you have to go back and forth is uh got you pretty on edge. And some of just um, the shadow ghosts are pretty, pretty creepy throughout three you know if i had an honorable mention i would say that scene where the ghost grabs ray in the beginning of the game and you didn't know it was there mm -hmm. um that one kind of wiped my eyes a little bit because i'm like i didn't know that they could go into the real world at that point so i was kind of scared by that yeah i'm not gonna lie though three is probably the one where i say it has a lot of the more Remember ones for me as far as like scariest moments or at least creep factor, like the one you just mentioned, Ren. Also another one where she was on um, the character was taking a shower and a dude was looking at her through the um like the screen door. I'm like weirdo. This is um just among other things. 
Oh, yeah, I guess uh, another one would probably be um, when you're in one, it's like right in the beginning with uh, the editor, uh, Ogata, and and like right after you fight him the first time, you go back through the one door and you just open the door and he's just standing right there. (laughs) That one on the first go is, uh, you know, a pretty good jump scare. I'm just going to say for the record, most of Fatal Frame 1 scared the holy crap out of me. Like, that game is just, the sound and everything is just perfect, but it scared it scared me the most. Like, 2 got me good, but it took a while to get there because it felt like a little bit of a slow buildup. But when it really gets you, it's so effective. I love it. I mean, I think it's still pretty creepy from the beginning when you're going in the village and it's abandoned. And you feel like there's always somebody watching you. It doesn't help that uh, Mayu is a complete idiot sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I guess for me, will be the scene where uh, Miku go through, like, a, a well, and then there's a girl goes, come, and, sorry, and when she she peek into the well, and then there's a girl goes coming out, coming out uh, that is, like, really really creepy for me and also yeah like the like for the fatal frame three will be like where the ghost half an arm comes out when she just walk into the room for i I think it's it's ray the girl and also uh the falling woman cutscene that that would be like the creepiest for me out of all yeah all right uh, anyone else? Yeah, we, we, we everybody went. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what's the real number four? Uh, I could read it if you want, or yeah. you want someone else to. Yeah, uh, Lily, you feel like reading? I don't think she's there. Uh, yeah, go ahead, draw. What do you think about content updates that pertain to other entries? Fatal Frame Two had a remake, multiple versions. Xbox had a first-person view mode. Honestly, I'm glad that they at least add in extra content to dif- differentiate the versions. Like, the Xbox version actually had some quality of life changes, and they even changed the UI and improved the graphics to take advantage of the hardware. Yeah, I will say, like, the Xbox versions of 1 and 2 are probably, like, the definitive ways of two experience the games. Yeah. Uh, per- if you don't include the Wii version, though, but it, assuming if you can handle motion controls. But I will say, yeah. though, the Xbox versions are the way to play 1 and 2. Yeah. Per, the only, I kind of preferred the ending they had in the first game, but sadly it's not canon because of Fatal Frame 3. And uh, the which fir- ending? It's the one, I think it's the one where they both, well, it was like a new ending where they both, like, Miku and her brother get away. Oh yeah, if you do Nightmare Mode, then you can get that ending, but it's not the original ending. Yeah. I know I know they added something new for the Xbox version. And also a harder difficulty, I guess, if you want ghosts to always one-shot you and there's a new boss. Of course, it's just a boss that doesn't get stunned, so you have to be really careful. And the first that person mode the first person <laughs> mode in two is really cool because it gives you a new experience, and personally I think it's pretty scary. I'm surprised they didn't try to experiment with the Fatal Frame by making a first-person title. I mean, that would have been perfect for the Wii, actually, for um, 4. 
Not make it first yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah, but it... instead it's behind the shoulder. Yeah, I don't want the camera angle going for because um you're like literally dead center in the middle of um of the screen with the character, so it's like you cannot see everything in front of you, so it's kind of um annoying when you gotta see certain things but you can't. Yeah. I haven't played. I only played a bit of two, but I think it's it's different. But I think it's fine. Although the cam, the new camera angle and controls do get time. They take time to get used to. Mm-hmm. It's kind of. A, it is a shame that three never came to Xbox because they could have added in more stuff. That's probably because it didn't sell too hot. That's my yeah. best guess. Because um three was um so less at least at least in the states. Because of you no know, the time frame, because you know new generation consoles coming out and among other things like Resident Evil Four. <laughs> yeah, I think so, it's because it came out at the time when Resident Evil Four had pretty much like rejuvenate. It rejuvenated the horror genre, so everything started to move towards RE Four. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. That, that's it for me. Anybody else want to go for this one? I didn't uh, actually ever play any of the remakes or the Xbox versions, so I was never sure of what the differences were. So that's been enlightening. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, they're worth playing if you can get your hands on them. Yeah. I never so... I never played that, too. May... The only... I kind of wish they Koei Tecmo would have at least made it backwards compatible on the one, but nope. Eh, well, maybe one day. But um, I guess we can move on then, since nobody else played the other versions. Then uh, this one's kind of related to the number um four, so I'm gonna read this one off. Between first person, face cameras, and third person, which playstyle do you prefer the most? Uh, for me personally, um, I'm I am a different though, but I prefer fixed or third person because you can see um I think environmentally speaking, fixed was probably the best in terms of like giving more detail in the environment. But third person yeah. though, I, I'm more partial towards third person um views than most you no know, other some playstyles like first person. So personally, I would say third and um fixed camera. Yeah, I feel like third worked the best for the series since it allowed it allowed them to do more with the environment and have more atmosphere. And because they could probably throw in some extra scares here and there, like if something falls over or or you hear a door creaking and all that. But the I, I feel like with third person, they made it like that. Well, the fixed camera, they made it like that to accommodate for the Wii. I feel... Well, I, I can't say much on this question because I have not uh tried the other versions. I only seen them. Uh, but I, I feel like it would be interesting if they did do like, uh, multiple camera angles or like first person. But that being said, it seems like third and, uh, fix was very good for the series as far as like getting a full scope of what's going on. Because in first it's like, um, they did have a button where you could turn the, uh, viewfinder behind yourself if you happen to be like confused. But at the same time, I feel like. Um, that's still limited range regardless to see what's on your left and what's on your right. So uh, it's interesting that they even try all three. That's why I put this question in here. Uh, so I would like to see if they could experiment more with this in the future, assuming if Fatal Frame comes back. But uh, third and fix were okay, in my opinion. I had no problems with them. Yeah, 
Yeah. So anyone else before we move on? Oh yeah, I was just gonna double back and say that uh, I liked having the mix in there. It was just something that you don't see in a lot of different types of video games, and it worked really well here for the horror setting where you could flip into the camera and be in first person view. Yeah, and... but in uh, yeah, it does make sense though, considering it's it's the perspective of them looking through the camera. Mm-hmm. Where it totally works and. There are even like sometimes when it's easier to see something that way, like if you're looking around for one of the still shots of a ghost or something like that, you can see like a little bit better with the camera sometimes. Yeah, um, I I forgot his name. I think his name is uh, Ragnaroks or something like that. He uh, made a dissection of Fatal Frame, and even he was saying that the viewfinder is really good for like finding items, and that's what I was doing for a good majority of three. If I couldn't see uh, what was happening with a certain camera angle, I would just use the camera to like look down or something and uh, see if I can get that item. Yeah, that was definitely helpful for certain bits of each of the games. Brandel. Oh, what's up? Which game? Which game did they start doing where it, when you try to grab items, ghosts would grab you? Uh, I want to see either two or three. Yeah, like you, I know, like on the like the remake of two, you'd have to slowly grab it. Yeah, I think it's either two or three. Best bet is three. I'm trying to think like that that slowly grab items mechanic that was in Fatal Frame 4 if I'm not too mistaken, right? Yeah, yes, it it's was. in 4 the remake and I think made in the Blackwater. Interesting. But yeah, I noticed that because I did play a little bit of 4 and I had to hold the button as opposed to just tapping it and picking something up. So I was like that would be probably a mechanic that's right for jump scares and I'm glad I'm not wrong there. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, anyone else? Uh, well, I guess for me, uh, you guys already like describe what like the best uh, angle for you guys, and I think it's pretty much the same with you. Uh, I would prefer the third person, but I really like how they use the you know first person angle for the camera. Yeah, so that's all. I guess we can go to uh, number. Six, Brendan? Mm-hmm. I was going to read this one off. I can do it. Go right ahead. All right. What did you think of the overall plot within the series? Will contain spoilers. Ooh. Um, I would say the trilogy, one, two, or three, is like the perfect um trilogy. Each game linked together really well. Admittedly, like it's kind of convenient as well, especially when it comes to three, because you got main characters from the first two games coming in. Also, you have characters from that originally come from three somehow new, you no know, off screen characters in relation to um, other characters of the, uh, and main characters. So it's kind of convenient though, but it comes together really nicely. Which is why I would yeah. say like three potentially might actually be my new favorite when it comes to narrative because it comes together really nicely. Yeah, and also because it's a longer game compared to the other two. Mm hmm. But as far as like the later games, like four and five, four is a prequel, so like that could be stand on its own for the most part. 
Five, on the other hand, like um, it brings back uh, the main character from the first game, supporting character from three, and um, that game just pretty much assassinated her character. Like they didn't do a good job um how they handled her though, but uh, I think that'll be a question for later. So that's not much I'm gonna say on that. Yeah. But yeah, my opinion's pretty much the same as Brandel. The first, the trilogy is pretty much like I guess it's the strongest narrative and. And if you look at it just like that, it's probably the most consistent and self-contained. Yep, I have to agree. Even though I have not beaten these games, uh, I played a good bulk of them for like hours and hours. And I can definitely tell you that the first like three entries are the most interesting ones because at least in the first two, you're trying to discover what's happening with this ritual, like what's going on and um what is the groundwork for these characters doing what they are doing it's a bit more interesting in two and i believe the developers actually said this like they wanted to make the story stand out a lot more in the second game so they slightly scaled back these scares and they decided to go for a more plot oriented narrative and i think it really worked because the game is still scary and it also is still pretty grand in the story uh, the third one felt like they were trying to connect all the tissue together, and I really liked that because I noticed that they had the character from the first one, and it has, like, multiple playable characters. Um, the other ones, like, four, from what I played from that first hour, I really didn't connect with it because, again, they had nothing really interesting going on, just ghosts in this manor or the school or whatever's going on, and that was it. Uh, so I, I felt like the superior versions of the narrative was the first three games and then five and four kind of does their own thing and it's kind of weird. Yeah, it doesn't help that four's cast is kind of weaker compared to the other ones. Yeah, and three also kind of felt a little, it felt a little bit like Silent Hill to me in terms of gameplay, like they had the hub and everything, and that kind of reminded me a little you bit of a... Silent Hill 4? Yeah, Silent Hill 4, I said three, right? My bad. Uh, but Silent Hill 4 is the one where you go through Henry's house, and I, I thought that was just cool, that you can have some time to breathe before going back into the world of sleep. But even yeah, then, though, looked... like, once you come back to the um, real world, though, you're technically not safe once you progress through the story. I've noticed because... that because she had, like, tattoos on her back, and I was wondering, like, that tattoo lady probably touched her, and that's what's causing her to freak out and have these weird dreams, right? Yeah, her and um the character from the first game, like, both of them are uh, cursed by the, um, this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because I noticed that you do play with her, so I figured she might have it, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, she it does. is nice to at least have characters from the first game to at least have continuity. Mm -hmm. And um, this is going to be a spoiler, though. So um, one male characters that comes in later, he's really, he's the uncle of the um, twins from 2. And um, what was it? What was the name? Was Miu, was it? Or sorry, Mayu. Um, she yeah. comes in later in one of the endings. Yeah, yeah that... for, for Miu, she's been writing him the whole game, so that was definitely an interesting twist yeah she was um from what i remember she was one of the twins from uh the second game the non-playable one where well she's kind of playable in a no. sense but um the one that you control less yeah but uh, but um sorry anyone else gotta go for this one? Oh yeah else? so um 
Definitely. I think that the first one has the strongest plot because it's just a lot more contained. The second one, like, it is both, like, nice that it has, like, the story arcs throughout, but uh, it's also, like, a bit more gamey and kind of takes away from it at the same time. So it's definitely something that I liked and I definitely like when I'm replaying it, but just um, overall it doesn't, it seems to, like, take away from what the twins are doing like for their own story to have some of the little story arcs pop up and go away sometimes um and then the third one just they really try to do a lot with it so sometimes it really works and then other times it it does seem like it's a lot especially like on a first playthrough where you're trying to connect stuff and sometimes you've missed something as other parts are coming up and you realize it and it's like a lot stronger on a second playthrough or subsequent playthroughs yeah it also not it also helps to like listen to the tapes as well since it does give you some insight on the fate of the ghosts and yeah definitely Ooh. yeah yeah where they, they i liked how they brought that back in two with the stones but a lot of them were a bit more random than like in the first one where it really drove the plot. Alright. Uh, I guess we can move on unless anybody else got anything else to add. Oh, uh, no. Nope. I think I added all I had to. Alright. Uh, go ahead and read this one off. Um, how do you rank each favorite game based on your opinion of them so far? I guess I gotta go first. Personally, I'll like narratively aside, I just rate them as games. I will put either two or, th or three first. It could change. Then four, then one, and then five at the far bottom. Wait, how? Wait, how's four higher than one though? I said narratively aside, gameplay wise, um, four just functions better than one because how dated one is. True. I mean, you fair point. Yeah, one, even though I, I like one and what it had to offer, I will admit that there are some conventions where it's pretty dated. And also, uh, the main thing about those games is the camera and how the combat factors in. I feel like it takes too long to really get those like awesome uh, shots of ghosts. Like they started later on in the series to make like combos and uh, one does not have all that so gameplay wise yeah i would also rank one like kind of low but it is definitely worth playing and i would say the scares and just the overall difficulty is a lot better than four in my opinion yeah now, if you want to fully understand the story you do have to play one yeah now um my my main complaint with five is that i don't like how structured it is but um, some sometimes like it feels more gimmicky to deal with certain things um in the world, uh, especially um dealing with ghosts. Uh, if you um, uh, if I say um the witness mechanic, I'm sure you guys played it or not. But if your character is um literally wet, um, you deal with um more ghosts, but in return you um also deal more damage. However, though, like I feel like that it's not a really good risk reward type system. Because, cool, I do more damage, though, but I also get more counter, so that's wasting more of my time. So I'd just rather not do that mechanic all forever, right, you know? So that's yeah. why I rank 5 below 1, only because that mechanic for me is not not welcome. 
Yeah, and also it is mission based, so the area the areas are not it's not like self self contained area anymore. I can't appreciate them having a chapter select because that makes things so much more convenient, especially if you want um to get the other endings because the endings are tied to what you do for the final chapter. So that cuts down the monotony in terms of like just replaying the game just for one ending for like X amount of hours. So that's a welcome addition to um the series if they ever make another one. But overall, yeah. I, I do agree. Like the mission structure is not my cup of tea either. Yeah. But yeah, for me, probably the highest one is two, then three, then probably then probably one, and then four and five. I haven't played. I mean, the first one feels like it kind of reminds me of like old school Resident Evil, where they're the first one where they're trying to find their footing and it has and it's missing all the quality of life features the later games had. Yeah, I definitely had like the opposite sort of feel where I felt um, one was the strongest game just on every front. And then it's a toss up for two and three, or sometimes I'd, I feel like two is a lot stronger and sometimes three just because it has so much. But I think that uh, just all the extra features sometimes just make them feel so gamey. And where I do love Fatal Frames as a uh, gameplay mechanic, it does kind of ruin the entire horror aesthetic of the series because you're just trying to get a fatal frame instead of like really like getting in the moment of like fighting the ghost so it it's like you know it's good for uh replay value and and just to play a game but uh definitely think that one is the strongest for just keeping that feel, keeping you in the moment of just what you're capable of doing to the ghosts? Uh, for me, it will be like second, and then one, and then three, and then five, and then four. I feel, because I feel like the second one has more story-wise than the, you know, than the other uh, series. And I actually never played five and four but uh, based on, you know, like my research and everything else, they said that five is like better than the fourth one. So yeah, that would be my list, my rank. All right, I guess we're done here, right? Yep. All right. Uh, Wait, hold on. Number... hold on. Hold on, hold on. I didn't give my. I forgot about that. Oh, you didn't. No. Okay. All right. So um, uh, pretty much just like a simple list, like. Two and three are comparable. Like I, I think they're both great games. Like I just swapped them out on a random day, but they're like top tier in terms of what I think about the series. Um, then it would be Fatal Frame Four. Now I, I found this game like really easy, but still it worked on a mechanical level, and I thought it was uh kind of dope with how they tried new things at least. Um, one is also really great as well, so I would put that like afterwards, and then five I have not played, but I heard it was the worst in the series, so I'll take your word for it. All right, uh, Jay, um, can you read off number um, eight, Ren? Uh, sure, no problem. So, what is the most disturbing picture that you have taken with the camera obscura? Uh, I would say it's the vanishing ghost from the first one. Like, that face in the ceiling, triangle face, whatever the... Dude, it was so damn weird. Like, 
I I just saw that thing and it just looked completely crazy and strange to me and I was like, um, that's the only one that really jumped out and scared me outside of the one where it's like, um, I saw a picture of like a man hanging and the other one where it's like some woman was like bound to a wheel like a water wheel and I thought that was also pretty creepy but. Just that face, the vanishing ghost, is probably the scariest picture I've taken in terms of a still shot. Anyone else? Uh, well, I once uh, caught a, a picture of the blind woman in the, I think, Fatal Frame 2? Oh, no, no, 1. But uh, it's like super close up, so she's like literally take the whole camera and with her bloody eyes so yeah that would be like the scariest one for me i've had yeah. that instance before <laughs> I, I think it was i think it was the normal ghost in fatal frame 2 where um they had this like wide agape mouth I, I noticed this more also in 3 where they tend to do this and be like dead in front of the camera more often so that's pretty crazy yeah just any of the close shots or just where you like hit them right when they're about to hit you and and it kills them or like pushes them back like enough so you don't get hit some of those are definitely the best um i think i mentioned before the one where where ogata is like standing in the doorway right as you uh walk in that's a pretty good one or that one um for mr takamine when when you have to find him and you just you're looking around for him and you can hear the sounds and then you look straight up and he's there and that's that's a pretty bad one. Um Drill? Yeah, that was probably what I was gonna say when you see the when you see that guy up in the up on top. I thought that was really creepy. I, I liked it because it didn't look human at all i i know that's kind of weird to say but his face was so like distorted that i was completely scared by that crap so i, I thought that yeah. was pretty great yeah face the faces on the wall are always going to be creepy though faces hands i, I saw that in fatal frame 3 where someone's hand was like stuck on the wall and i was like what is this it's kind of intriguing, but I don't want to go near it because there's a goddamn hand in the wall and I want to stay far away from it as possible. Um, What about you, Brendan? Actually, I got nothing to add, honestly. I don't remember all the pictures I took during my adventures. I've never... Well, I, outside of just using them for the game mechanic, I will agree also that I never really, like, saved any of the pictures to my album, like in form of um the save files that you could do for your album i i never did that before so i just randomly took them and the one i thought that was the scariest was the one in the ceiling yeah i mean i've taken probably hundreds of photos in the first game that i don't remember all of them yeah same but uh has everyone gone or can we move to the next one Going once, going twice, sold, sold. To, to the ghost in red. So, all right, we're moving on to number nine. So is there anything you personally disliked within, no, let me read that again. Is there anything you personally disliked within the games as time went on? Um, all right, so 
it's a couple of things that annoy me like i feel like the run speed is kind of really slow in fatal frame 4 i'm talking like slow as molasses when i played that game and that's one thing i really didn't like too much um i there also wasn't a run button well there there is but just the movement is not as good i would say um and then there's a couple of other like lingering nitpicks like um the camera in the first one well it's just a fault of the first one i understand is their first shot but the Oscura is not that good in that game um takes a long time to charge i felt like some of the ghosts were way too translucent which is something they fixed in later versions from what i've been told like on the xbox version that's not really a problem uh so yeah yeah, yeah if you if you're gonna play the first one if you can probably just play it on xbox yeah, if you have the option. Yeah, and that's that's just it's still a great game, but that's just one thing that kind of irked me when playing it. I'm like, I can't really see these guys, so I don't know where I'm pointing. But in later games, they decided to make them a bit more darker, so to speak. Uh, and I noticed that with Fatal Frame two and three. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I think Brandon's gonna talk about the criticism with Fatal Frame five. Yeah, it's mostly stems of um what they did to um Miku. Sorry, uh, if I started, if uh, that was her name in the first game, I apologize. Yeah, Just... Miku. Yeah, this uh, I always get her name confused with um uh, with the characters from two as well. Mayu. Yeah, Mayu, Mayu and Mio and whatnot. Yep. And of course, her daughter's name also starts with um M. So like. I do get confused sometimes. That's what I noticed. This is Trend Maifu. All of their names like kind of starts with an M, except for Ray. Like hers is the easiest. Mafu, you, Miku, Mayu, Miyu. Yeah, all Mm -hmm. of them start with an M except for Ray. That's kind of confusing too. So yeah, it's no surprise you'd get kind of tongue tied. Okay, but the the thing that really really annoyed me about five is that um they change um something really weird about um Miku's character. Apparently, like she was um actually romantically in love with her brother, and she um dur- this happened during the events of three because uh because um according to five of course, um when she was in the um dream world or whatnot, she had um sex with her brother. So what, and, what? and yes. In return, um, <laughs> in return, um, they have an incest baby, which is the main character from for five. <laughs> yeah, I, that, I read about so that. <laughs> like uh-huh. in the first game, you never, like, it didn't never seem like anything like that yeah, in the first. Game. It was never implied at all in one or three, five. I don't retcon some details that happened in three, including her as she move on uh, about with the ghost stuff. So they brought yeah. her back, and um, on top of her actually not getting over it, despite the fact that it actually happened, in writing and in words, she's not over what happened. And on top of that, she abandoned her daughter because, um, fun fact, if you bang a ghost, your lifespan is um, cut in half significantly. So she knew that was coming at some point, and she ran off, um, did some ghost ritual to marry her brother, and after life, to be with him forever. And yeah, Honestly. that's what we got. Yeah, wasn't the whole point of the third game about her moving on? Yes, like that. Then that third game is supposed to close out everything between one, two, and three. Like the characters you see in three and past characters. Like the canon ending is them actually just you know finally moving on. 
small bit. Yeah, honestly, that's it. Feels like Tecmo was just trying. They just threw shit at the wall and see if it would stick. Now, if I remember correctly, like the main honcho that started the Freddy Frame um, brand, he didn't like the idea though, but he was forced to include it in this in the um game. Now, I haven't done extra research on that because I was personal time, but take it how you will. That sounds believable, to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah. that's how bad that sounds. Honestly, if they were ever to make a new game, they'd probably have to retcon it because that's just completely asinine. Yes. So, like, the adventure, everything you've gone through involving um, Miku and 1 and 3 is just freaking got shot in the face because of that stupid um decision to involve her in 5 and the incest stuff and whatnot. It was, it's horrible. That's so, the main reason why I really dislike 5. It's just one giant catcher assassination for um, Miku. So basically, Terminator fans with Dark Fate. Essentially. Well, it could be worse. It could be uh, Raido from Dead or Alive coming on uh... into the Fatal Frame franchise. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, another beast. Uh... Ironic considering Ioni's in 5. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that. I saw that. I'm like, hold on. There's a DOA character here. I, I saw gameplay of that just before I got on this podcast. I'm not going to lie, though. Like, Ayane was the saving grace for me for um Fatal Frame. Oh, Brandon, you're cutting out. Damn. Let's oh, see. rip. Let's see if we can uh hmm. get him back to life in a few minutes but yeah i just had to make that rido joke because i'm like this is like typically normal when they introduce dead or alive characters and i thought it was interesting to see like a high skilled ninja in a horror game yeah but they did kind of have to nerf her since she's Sorry, injured this part i'm um, cut out on me God, it. yeah so they nerfed uh ayane in um fatal frame it's kind of sort of yes it was never established that they could fight ghosts and ninja gun lore but no, for the sake of the plot of her involvement, uh -huh. though, she is nerfed, so she cannot fight the ghost directly. Yeah, most of her stuff is—it's mainly like a stealth thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's what I do appreciate the change of pace for her for gameplay wise. I hope they can do it again for a future installment, but uh, that remains to be seen. Yeah, that's interesting. That's my rent. <laughs> like, yeah, it's the same with me. I pretty it's it's pretty much that the carrot the at least the story structure got a lot weaker because I guess they had to figure out ways of trying to fit it in within the timeline, and then what happened in five. But yeah, I would have rather preferred if they just started fresh instead of trying to in instead of trying to connect with everything. Yeah, because um, in fact, a character um from five is also and has some relation to um Ray from um three, like she's in the family though. But we don't know exactly what's their relationship. She could be a cousin, you know, niece, or whatever. But that's all we know. They they are related in some fashion. And on top of um, of course, the main character is the daughter of you know, Miku. So they keep trying to connect to these other games. They're just like closing it off for good and just make a new, you know, say a new trilogy, a new cast and move on from there. Because it did for four. So why can't you do it for five? Yeah, it, it seems like um when they try to make the connective tissue 
for Fatal Frame, um, they had a good idea with three. Uh, like I said, I haven't got through all of it, but from what I've seen, I really liked it. And this one, it kind of felt like they probably should have did standalone first because making all these connections and having like the worst thing happen, which is retconning, that is pretty bad. Like, I wouldn't mind if they had, like, a few, like, nods or references to the other games. Like, that's fine, but, but nothing having to like... try to connect everything is where it gets messy. Yeah, nothing like this direction that they went with, with 5. Mm-hmm. So, now you know how 5 effectively killed the series. <laughs> well, uh, hold on, this game came out in, like, 2015, right? Yeah, I think Japan there. got it a lot earlier. Yeah, like 2014, if you want to go by Japanese date. Oh, it's been dead for a while then. Holy crap. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if this is a question in a document, but are we talking about the uh, anniversary and what to expect from there? Uh, I don't see it as a question, so I guess we'll talk about it um, once we're done with this one. Yeah, uh, yeah, unless anyone else has anything to say about this one. I guess um, I'll just go back because I had already said uh, a little bit that I thought that some of the features that they kept adding to the series like just made it seem like a bit more gamey, especially like the arcs in two, which I said I do like sort of like those, but they do make it feel like a bit more gamey, like just different areas that you go through that have like that calculated like amount of like time or story and just with some of the features or how how you like unlock them throughout the game like in two like is is pretty gamey as well like toward the end of three like stuff that you're getting that it's like wow i wish that i had this through the first two thirds of the game like sort of feel but uh you mean like the upgrade system and whatnot because yeah. I, I think it was in two where like you could get some or it might have been three uh, excuse me on this one but you could get certain upgrades, but once you get the one, the good ones though, you like literally at like chapter nine. So you like the game is practically yeah. almost over at that point. That was t- totally in three, where it was like some of the stuff that you had in two, you couldn't get until like right at the end of the game. Yeah, I think yeah, you're right. Um, two did that system a lot better. And stuff like that, just you know, it adds to like the gaminess, where it just takes you out of the atmosphere and everything, where it's. It's like fine in like a an action title, but in a horror title, it, it's definitely stuff that takes away from like the creepy factor of the ghosts when you're just trying to like figure out like oh how many spirit stones do I have and oh let me use like this power or should it be this power or where's the fatal frame like it just takes you out of the the whole feel of the game. Uh, well, I guess for me it would be like. Um, the you know as as you play it, it becomes like more repetitive in fighting the ghost, and you know the strategy of it, and so it makes it less scary in you know in fighting the ghost. Uh, I guess they maybe they could make it better with that, and anything else is is I think you guys covered it already. Alrighty. Uh, any last thoughts before we move on to that um extra question Renegade proposed? No, nope. once, going twice. All right. So to the ghost and kimono.
All right. Uh, so what's your question again, Ren? Um, for the anniversary that's coming up this year, and since the producers commented on it, I don't have the exact quote, but do you guys expect anything to show up for the anniversary of Fatal Frame this year? Hmm. Um, honestly, though, I'm going to expect nothing and then get surprised when it happens. Because, again, the series has been dead since 5, so... <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, a whole lot. I don't know. I feel like I don't know. I feel like they might do something like port the like port the Wii U game, but it'd probably be better just to do the first three. Yeah, essentially, yeah. since no three, three, one, two, and three are like the most well-regarded ones. So, like, if you want to win people back, you no, know, get the you know the better games out there. And then maybe, you know, maybe say, hey, we're making a, like, say, hey, we're, we're in development of a new game. Or they'll probably say something like, well, if people are interested in the new one, then buy it. Um, it's Koei Tecmo, so I, it's hard to really expect something as a Ninja Gaiden fan, and I've been waiting for, like, a long-ass time before that Master Collection. I would expect at the most an HD collection of some sort because they have to know that these carts are getting like super ridiculous in price. So this will be a good time to capitalize. Hey, we got a full collection here. Go buy it. And maybe, maybe you go ahead. And I was going to say, maybe it would give them fine. Maybe it would actually give them a reason to actually translate for and bring over the the remake. Yeah, that's one thing I noticed about the fan patch was that it was never uh, officially localized, so they had to do it themselves for the Dolphin emulator. Yeah, I th well, yeah, you can also play it on the Wii too through hacking, but it was done. It was because of I think it's because Nintendo didn't bring it over because there was like a game breaking bug in it, and uh, that Tecmo didn't want to fix. Well, there's nothing confirming that because uh, I saw I did some research on that as well. Um, Essentially, Nintendo themselves did not want to publish it um, overseas. Like, at one point, it was going to be produced in Europe, though, but it got canceled. So, and I guess it was in favor of Fader Frame 2. Yeah. But um, for reasons why we we in the West didn't, um, at least in the U.S., didn't get um, 4 or 2 remake is because of Nintendo of America, just to put it simple. Yeah. Yeah, hence why we had the whole Project Rainfall thing for other games like uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, ho I'm really hoping they do something for the 20th anniversary instead of just instead of just nothing. Of course, I'm expecting nothing. Yep, always expect nothing, and then get surprised or hyped, depending on where it is later. But um, anybody else? Well, like, no? uh, okay, I guess um, like maybe an HD will be okay. <laughs> I I don't really expect much because you know it, it, they said that the game basically like stop after five yeah. But uh, maybe HD will be like pretty good for that. All right. Um, I guess we can move on then to the next question. Uh, what question are we on again? Number ten. Uh, yes. Uh, who is your favorite and least favorite protagonist within the franchise? Hmm. That's kind of hard, actually. 
I have an idea who's probably your least favorite, Randall. So, 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 go right ahead. What'd you guess? I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, probably the. I don't know. It's hard. I'd, I'd still say Miku's like the best one for me, considering. I guess her motivation. I guess because. I guess because it's the character you followed the most throughout the series. And at least gets an actual character arc with the for at least with the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Probably for uh, least favorite, it's Yuri because I didn't care about her that much. That was in four, right? No, five. Five. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I I, I didn't care <laughs> to remember where she's from. Damn. Uh, I'll say for me, I'm I'm toss up between Ray. And Miku for the first for one and three, because um three held the subject matter of her dealing with grief and survivors on um, guilt pretty damn well, almost too well to be quite honest, because it's because um she literally kept everything the same when before her um oh sorry after her husband died and whatnot so she, obviously she survived that um encounter so yeah I think they handled the subject matter of that kind of stuff pretty damn well involving that character. And the same yeah. thing for Miku as well, evolving no closure to um, no the events that happened with one, and of course, you know the extra stuff with three. So I like to toss up between those two. Uh, least favorite. Um, I don't have a least favorite per se. Uh, I don't know. Fuck it. I guess Yuri. <laughs> Yeah, I got I gotta go over you then because I, I don't again I don't like five that much, so I probably just gonna go with that then. Sorry. Uh yeah. someone else can go ahead and go. Renegade. Okay, so um oh, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> but uh I it, it's a toss up between Miku and Mio because Miku definitely um you know, as you had said, she has a good motivation for being there. She she comes in with like a little bit of background knowledge of just what she's getting into and who she's looking for. So there's there's just like a little bit more like as she's like going in that you already like know about her and just all the details that unfold about like her family and her connection with everything that's going on makes her a really interesting character just for the first game, but. Mio also has like you know her twin story and everything and it's just that you know whether or not her twin was ever even really there and just everything that you go through like her like level-headedness as she's like going through it and that just like makes her like a really nice character like in that way just that she she's smarting with it the whole time but she's also like you know really like caring toward her sister and then uh, I think of, of like the first three, the ones that I played, uh, I felt Ray was the the most watery, and she didn't really have like too much that she was ever like really like that you like could connect with or like really feel that she like cared about, or she would you know kind of listlessly like be wandering around like, is that my like my fiance like uh, people who are around me just kind of like even when she like saves Miku at the end it's it's just kind of a little lifeless I felt so that's my breakdown of like the first three 
Mine is going to be like really quick since I haven't really uh, delved super deep into these, but I did like the um, stuff. Even though I thought Mayu was dumb, I did like Mio as a protagonist. I, I really enjoyed that whole dynamic of her trying to go out of her way to save her sister. I, I thought that was at least a personal story that made a lot of sense. Um, in terms of protagonists I didn't connect with or my least favorite... I will say, at least for what I've played so far, the stuff about Ray is kind of true, whereas, like, it's a lot of chasing of her um, dead fiancé, and I guess it's not as connective as Fatal Frame 2 because he's kind of already toast, in my opinion, so it's kind of funny. But um, I do like the fact that they toy with it with the Dream World stuff, and I, I still found the situation itself kind of captivating in a sense because it's like you're trying to figure out what's going on and you don't know because you're fast asleep so i still like that situation regardless just not connecting as much as i did with the second game okay and uh for me my uh my favorite will be i think mio from fatal frame 2 where uh, i really like her because she like lily said she's like really caring and she you know, took care of her sister. Well, when her sister goes wander off, she, you know, she she doesn't she she didn't laugh <laughs> her like that. And uh, but the least one for me, um, I wouldn't say I have the least one I like, but maybe their uncle K from Fail Frame Three, because I I don't really like I don't really remember but i think i don't i don't really like him that much at that time <laughs> sorry yeah i just want to make a side note that i'm pretty sure my answer would be vastly different if i played through the entire series from start to finish because it seems like fatal frame 5 is just ugh. and the other two characters that we saw in like four they're kind of whatever, but I, I feel like I didn't get that far enough to say I connected with them or not. So I had to leave those off the table. But yeah, I mean, anything could change with my opinion. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, I guess we can move on to the next one. Actually, I have a side question to add on. Go ahead. Um, what's everybody's favorite ending in the series? Uh, or you could do like per game if you want to, or just pick from one game. Any ending that you really liked over the other? Like, what's, what's your favorite ending? Um, for me, it will be two. Because that, uh, the one where I think Mio just uh, survived. But Mayu, that, uh, I think, I, I, I don't really remember. But I remember she's, she's, she's sad. And then she's holding something. And then there's like, there's wind kind of like you know final fantasy ending like that uh where she just, is it a yeah. promise ending uh, i don't really remember but i i got that ending uh i think she's like she's crying or something but yeah um okay maybe uh somebody could comes up first and i'll go check <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could probably do that in a moment, but I'm gonna get my answer real quick. Mine is probably the Hellish Abyss ending from two. Uh, is it's almost like the promise ending, but both of them survive. But um, 
Mayu is blind because she looked down in the abyss trying to save um, her sister. Oh. So, it's a really um neat ending. Like, both of them alive, though, but um everything still plans out well. Like, you know, the abyss closes up. Like, no hell broke loose. And both of them still alive, but the only downside is that one of them is blind. But I think it's still a touchy ending. Yeah. yeah. Right, someone else can go ahead. Drill? Hmm. I mean, yeah, I would agree with Randall. I think that one's pretty good, although I prefer the default ending. Let me see. Probably, let me see. Like, Fatal Frame, the first Fatal Frame, uh, I thought it was, I think the normal ending's fine, too. Although I do prefer when they both get out, at least it's a more, at least it's a nicer one compared to just not who you just disappearing. Uh, what about you, Lily? Yeah, I was gonna say, like, the, all of the endings and, um... The second game are are a little like painful, so I think that it probably is the best to go for. I think it's the promise ending where you know Mew like Mio tries to write things as much as she can, but she still knows that she has to leave without Mayu. So that one's probably like better than um, you know ones where she has to kill her or. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, I don't really like the blinded ending either because it also implies that, you know, Mayu was never alive in the first place. She died in the accident when they were young, so just you know, Mio had to go through all of that just so she could get her like ghost of her sister out of the like twin village, and it's like that's also not like a great feel. So, and I'm just like overall, like all of those endings are just so painful, and. Like it, it's it definitely like sets up for different ones depending on you know what you read into throughout the game, but just each one like has like a different twist that's just you know not exactly what you wanted <laughs> when you were going through it. Um, but I do I do really like the ending in the first one, and then um, the ending where you actually save everybody <laughs> for the third game is uh is pretty good as well so some of those endings have have like really nice effects at the end and the final song is just fantastic as well all right i guess we go ahead and move on to the um, next number question which is number um 11 i go ahead and read this one off what is your favorite slash least favorite function or ability within fatal frame yeah, anyone could go ahead Mm, trying to trying to oh, think yeah. on this one. Uh, I guess I guess I can go first since I talked. Um, so stun is pretty cool. I, I like that one a lot because it knocks the zombie. Uh, not the zombie, but the ghost. <laughs> Zombies. That's I another game, Ren. I, I was thinking of Resident Evil for a second. My bad. But um, it knocks the ghost back, and they can stay in place. Uh, with this green highlight, and I thought that was pretty unique to do. Um. I also like the one where <laughs> post a zombie in the chat. I also like the one where um you could also manage to get some sort of like counterattack if they manage to get like really close to you. I think it's a function. 
Uh, and I thought that was really useful if a zombie is like, I said a zombie again, god damn it. <laughs> if a ghost damn. is like super fast and um, I got Resident Evil on the brain, I'm sorry. If they're super fast and you can deal with them, then you can do the evade attack. And uh, that's really helpful because I really hated the ones that came out of the wall and had the katanas and uh, I found them hard to deal with. Um, least favorite function? Honestly, I had no use of the charge. Like, um, I think it was the one where you could store up, like, um, stuff from the third game. But what happens is, uh, if you manage to get a fatal frame shot or a combo, it kind of mitigates the purpose anyway. So I kind of found that a little bit too easy in terms of a function and not much use for it outside of just waiting until they counterattack and then snap the shot um otherwise hey, everything else if you use it if you use it properly yeah charge is actually really damn strong where you do it in, in a fail shot or in a combo yeah it's yeah. you could use it like that but since you can get the counter attack so fast i just stone locked the ghost to death until they couldn't do anything so it's it's useful to have but at the same time is like once you get that function that's on the ground when you get into like uh i think it was night two i believe it's piss easy after that so um it's not the worst it's probably worst functions out there and considering that brandon spoke what is your favorite and least favorite function and ability uh well as far as least favorite i don't really necessarily have one well maybe if you count the lock on and four only because four of itself is like really easy on its own so adding the lock on just made it even more easier you know yeah but, i can kind of say that too yeah but as far as favorite uh honestly it's probably either charge or stun because no fuck those some of these goals in the series they deserve to get stunned especially yeah, me, stun, I'm stun, stun makes it a lot easier to deal with enemies that move around frantically or just charge straight at you plus it helps mm -hmm. you get a it helps you get a fatal shot i think c yep. is kind of good too c is really good because um when they go translucent, especially in the first game, you're gonna need it like ASAP. I think that's the ability that's um you get so late in three in chapter nine, I believe. Then I think that's the ability. Yeah. Ugh, it's a shame too, guys. It is really handy, especially in the first game. Yeah. Yeah, I think um that usually the only like extra like function i get in the first one is paralyzed just because it totally stops them dead so you can just like get a close shot and everything like layered like pretty easy and i only ever use the spirit stones on the bosses so it's yeah like, you know you could sink yourself early on using them on on random it, ghosts it's better to just save the stones for like the later enemies especially yeah, when you're definitely. fighting those monks yeah, the the five monks, the wandering monks, or those. Uh, I can't think of the name of the the other endgame ghosts. Those like almost like witches. Those yeah. are pretty creepy too. Those ladies, and they're like everywhere. They follow you through rooms. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I think um, in like the later two that uh, having that fatal frame shot that's unique for each ghost is is really fun to run through and and try to get them all try and figure out what uh will trigger 
one of those for each ghost. Yeah, so that's, that's probably the most fun one. That's what um really made me like the combat of three the most so far. Because mm -hmm. you can combo them to death. And then probably a least favorite would be, um, see, I, I didn't really like any of the other extra, like, functions like C or slow or anything, but, um, I think it's usually range that I'll go for last on the, like, three just, like, basic camera upgrades, just because yeah. you don't even really need it. <laughs> well, yeah, usually when you're upgrading, you always just do your upgrade, your camera first, and then maybe do, like, paralyze. Yeah, I usually will pour it all into speed and capacity right away and do Paralyze, but sometimes I don't even get all of the upgrades for range, because you just don't need it. <laughs> uh, um, it's me, I guess. Well, for me, I guess uh, my my favorite will be Fatal Frame, like, and also for the speed, speed charge. Uh, those are like really really helpful in uh finding the ghost and also with the combo and the, the my least favorite will be maybe slow i don't i don't really use them that much so yeah uh one thing i will say about two at least is that uh for the extra functions at least you can swap them on the fly when you get a certain function later in the game which i really enjoyed so it makes it very oh. dynamic in terms of combat. So if yeah. you want to use like stun C or something else, um, you can be able to do that on the fly with like L1. Yeah, at least it's a nice quality. Of, it's quality of life improvement. So I think like, we're on the final question right now. Oh, I was gonna say, Ren, oh. how do you feel about uh, abilities using up stones? Um, I'm gonna be honest for two, like in particular. Uh, I, I I didn't like the fact that you had to also go out of your way to find the stone and then pay points to get certain like pieces of uh functionality. I kind of like the first one where it's like you just find them and you put them in the thing and that's it. Um, it's it kind of carries on to Fatal Frame three, but the cool thing is that. The camera is semi-upgraded when you get it, so it's not like you're plunking all your stones into one thing. And you're trying to hurry up and uh, get a certain uh, range or capacity or uh, a functionality like all the way upgraded. You just have like some stuff to help you off the bat, and I really enjoyed that. Maybe they knew that this game was like super long, so they needed to accommodate the player somehow in the beginning. Yeah, I mean when it's when it's only in the like the first two games when it's only like four to five hours long, it doesn't really matter too much, and it carries on to the next playthrough anyway. Yeah, but this one is like, I they really needed the handicap because it's really just it goes on a lot. So I'm kind of glad they looked out for the players yeah. at least. Yeah, because if you screwed up with your upgrades, you might be fucked for the long run. Yup. But I think that's it for this one, so uh, we're going to move on to the uh, final question. Um, I'm going to read that off. Uh, 
what would you personally like Tecmo to do for this franchise in order to bring it back into the limelight for horror fans, especially those people who never played these games before? Um, oh, can I answer this one real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Um, honestly, what they need to do is like get full ownership back and um, and go big with the franchise again. Because um, if you want to differentiate the, um, the fair frame like eras, you could go with the, um, the original trilogy. That were released on PlayStation 2 and Xbox, and you get the like that gets you to say the Nintendo era because they have you no know, co-ownership, which is four and five and some other miscellaneous stuff they got going on there, like spare camera. Um, because um, I'm be honest though, Nintendo is not helping to um, make this franchise go big, especially after wrapping with five, because um that game it, it took tooth and nail to just for us to get the game. And unfortunately, yeah, the game itself wasn't good, though. But the fact that we had to fight just to get the game was not cool. On top of them giving us a limited print, which is only exclusive to two regions. That's that's not fair for the fans, right? Yeah, and there was the whole controversy with the space, which the game's like 16 gigs, which takes up a lot if you have a Wii U. Yeah. So uh, in essence, though, like um, Tecmo needs to like get the rights back. And well, start they big still again. have the rights. You mean I'm, full I mean, owner? Yeah, full ownership again. You know what I mean? Get get yeah. that back. Um, like make it like a collection or whatever to spark interest again. Like to put on multiple platforms or whatever platform you put on, and like sit down and make a new game. Whether it would be a freaking reboot, soft reboot, a six, whatever it can be. Just they need to um put all the eggs in the basket to make this franchise you know more well known again. Because now, how long has it been since five or six years now, give or take? Seven. Seven years. So, yeah, like, they're not helping because Nintendo is not helping with how poorly they handled the marketing and whatnot. And Tecmo needs to develop something that's grand again. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, in the chance that they can't get the full rights back, then they'd probably, they'd probably need to have Nintendo actually give a shit and, may, and actually properly market it. Or maybe, or maybe come to an agreement where they do release the HD remasters on multiple platforms. Although they yeah. might have to make like the new one Switch only, but that's another thing. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. At least it's something. No, because the series needs a new life in it desperately. Yeah, yeah I think that yeah. they need to do something that's like totally different, where they either like try to do something that's like totally first person, like through like the I'd... lens of like a video camera or to do something that's more of like like modern where somebody has like a smartphone or something and they're taking photos like straight I mean, up with like, I a still kind of want I mean I still want the camera obscura to be in it since that's kind of a staple of the franchise now Sure though but like, I do agree with Lily though if they really want to like do something different though they need to like at least modernize it yeah, yeah, I think that they need to like dump the original plot because it was just a mistake to or, do five, <laughs> or just go forward, go forward in time, because I mm -hmm. think like the first one takes place in the eighties. Yeah, like the the main games take place in the eighties, leaning on to the nineties. Um, five is I think in the two thousands? Question mark? Because it's a couple yeah, of years well after um three. Like, Where they they yeah. should just do something that's totally new with the plot, and they should just do yeah. something that's totally like new with mechanics as well, and just and new dump everything characters. they did. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Start yeah. fresh. Totally 
where they start fresh and they just do something that's different. And that's where I think Nintendo could really help them. Yeah, I'd say just make an HD remaster and ask if people are interested. I think oh, maybe talking like a new game. Yeah. And who knows? And speaking of remaster, would they remaster the PS2 version or the Xbox version? I would say like they would have to remaster the Xbox version since it is the more technically better version. And as far as two is concerned, though, um, safest bet it would be the Wii version, though. But um, this would be nitpicky, though. Preferably, I'd rather have the Xbox version because I I prefer like certain elements like the voice acting in that version. If yeah. but yeah. Yeah, but it won't be real technical though. The Wii version is the is the definitive version to experience um two, if you get your hands on it. Yeah, but yeah, Brandon pretty much hit everything that said everything I wanted to say. I think I think if Nintendo's not doing anything, they should at least let them have the full rights back, or maybe just actually give a shit. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ren? Can you do that? Uh, no, you guys pretty much said everything. Just um, put those remasters out so we can play those versions. And uh, I've never played the Xbox version, so that would be beneficial to me. But also, Brando, would you care if they remastered like the five or not? Nah? Um, I mean, yeah, why not? No, is this so? Just bring all of them over. I I have a question um that's actually very pertinent. Would you guys mm-hmm. want more remakes like um Deep Crimson Butterfly that they did for the second one? Uh, okay, I'm not gonna lie. Um, they should have re- remade one over two. Two yeah. was fine yeah. the way it was for the most part. Two, it, I mean, two... sorry. Um, one needed that remake more so than any other game. Yeah, it would be like if they made like the Resident Evil remake, but they started with two instead of one. Yeah. 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 At least you know, like with the new mechanics and you know, like over. Yeah, for one, that would be better. Yeah, and plus, if they remade one, that give them some chance. That give them a chance to have more connections with three. True, because um, they already tried the whole um connective tissue thing with uh three and one, and even two anyway. So why not try to um. Flesh out the plot and link it to be better. Yeah, that, that's actually one disappointing aspect of um, Deep Crimson Butterfly. It didn't. It, the only thing it added really is two new endings and changed their age slightly. They've been aged up by two years because in Vanilla, um, they're fifteen, and um, Deep, they're um, seventeen. So that's like the only main difference it's from the top of my head, at least. Though. Yeah, so like, I if, think if, they... oh. oh. I was about to say, um, if they're gonna do a remake again, involving like say one and three, they need to do like more than just adding in like an ending or so. Like they need to do more like say connective connectivity with um the games involving like one, two, and three. Yeah, like Resident Evil remake added some stuff that connected with Nemesis and Code of Veronica. Mm-hmm. Yep, and also yeah. uh the G virus from RE2. So I-, I like stuff like that where it's like the overall canon makes sense if they decide to go back and retroactively tie this story together. All right. Um, and what else? Got anything to it? Hmm. Uh, I mean, maybe also, I mean, hmm. I, 
I mean, if they want newer players to play it, maybe add in an easier difficulty, but I know that sparks a whole nother discussion about if they make the games too easy. Oh yeah, yeah. that's when they can do like just different stuff that they've done for other games where they have like either like a a random ghost mode that just you can turn it on or off for if you even have random ghosts where for people who think it's a waste of time to be fighting ghosts between the bosses they could just flip it off and then for people who like having that extra feature because it adds to the atmosphere for them then they can flip it on and just like other like little layered things that would be really easy to add in when they're developing it. Well, okay, as far as like, you know, easier mode, um, like easy, they already have an easy mode in the game, right? So I feel like that's, that's more than enough, but uh, um, they shouldn't make it too easy where it takes away from what made the games what they are. Yeah. I mean, the first, the only issue I have with the first game is that if you're not prepared for some of the later stuff, it can be really brutal. That's my only issue with it. Oh, okay. You know what? If anything, though, a rebalance might be in order for something like that. Because uh, if things it could get like really unfair for the player, then I think uh, more of a rebalance, more so than a like a difficulty nerf, like um, a lower difficulty, would be um survive. But that's just me. Um, I'm just going to. Well, I have a off the sort of like off the grid statement to make uh and then an actual question so the statement is pretty much saying koei tecmo i love you when it comes to making like wallpapers for games in particular you guys rock that's why the yeah. thumbnail is going to look so good and then the other question i had was um what did you guys think about like some of the costumes and unlockable modes because i believe that's also not a question in the document uh, some of the costumes are rather interesting. Some of them are maybe a little out of place, like in five, but like I'm pretty sure there are more con com context within it, within it on the games involving the costumes. But I'm yeah. fine with it because they're unlockable. They don't hurt the experience. Yeah, so you have to go away to unlock them. Yeah, they're just there for, for the fun. Part, yeah, for the most part, they're pretty much just color changes and like kimonos. So. They don't really five, like add or take anything away. Yeah, five did go a little extra and added in a little more, um, a little more spicy oh, yeah, outfits. Definitely. But again, yeah. they don't take it away because you have to go away to unlock them. Now, as yeah. far as that that it stuff though, it wouldn't ruin your initial playthrough. As far as that stuff, Renegade is posting though. Um, they they actually removed the costumes originally in Japan and replaced them with um Nintendo IP stuff. Which okay, that is cool and all, but that is literally censorship. And I wasn't cool with it. I was fine with them adding them in, but not for them to take away something that was already there. I imagine if they did a re-release, they'd probably restore it. At least if it's not too much trouble. Yeah. But like, yeah, I'm fine I... with walking around as Zelda or um, Samus, but why you took away the original costumes? Like That's not cool in my book. Yeah. Yeah, that's thing... an odd choice. It does have a story significance since Yuri's a Gravor model. Mm -hmm. so it's not just there purely for fan service yeah all i see is either nintendo ips i see fan service or i see um a lot of kimono costumes especially with the first one because apparently it had a red kimono for um miyu so you you could wear that 
in two on the Xbox version, they had Dead or Alive ones. Uh, well, that, yeah, that makes sense. Koei Tecmo, Dead or Alive, it, it all ties together, so I, I figured that makes sense. Yeah. Also, I think Miku in the first game had, like, a Gairu outfit. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I see there's Halloween costumes for the original Xbox version of uh, Fatal Frame. A giant-ass pumpkin head. <laughs> I, was, I was like, what the hell is this? Okay, but that's funny. Um, yeah, it, it's a lot of very costumes. I'm not sure about the modes. Is there anything in particular, Brandon, that you want to mention? Is modes? Uh, what are the, um, the modes again? Because I don't remember them on top in, of my head. In the first one, it's just like an enemy rush mode where you're just fighting waves of enemies and getting scores. Like, you basically just fight all the ghosts and bosses in the game and you just try to get a high score. Yeah, there's like a mission mode at the end. And yeah. then for modes, there's just nightmare mode for the first one. If you get If you beat the mission mode, you do get unlimited ammo, I think. So you oh, can use it. it on, like, the, like, you know, forget what it's called in the first game, but it's, like, the one you get, like, at the very end. You get unlimited ammo of that. Hmm. Oh, like the that's... 94 film? Yeah. That is, that's it. Oh, that's pretty neat, actually. All right, you know what? Um, I don't mind the action modes, actually, but um, the ones you guys just mentioned, that's actually pretty neat. You know, keep bringing that up. You know, bring that stuff back. Yep. Yeah. That could be one it's thing not... that like it, it could be one thing that's like they could bring that back immediately and it'll give more gameplay variety because people are gonna wanna unlock that stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that could be like another like way that they could um add something like if you have mission modes like on the side, that's something you can play next to like uh, your like campaign. Then um, for people who like run out of like stone mirrors or like whatever the like item would be, maybe you could unlock some in mission mode that would add to the game. So just in case you run out, then for people who feel like they're totally stuck, they could just go like, you know, try doing the missions over and over to try and add some items to their inventory so they don't, you know, stop playing the game entirely for parts that are a bit too hard. Mm -hmm. uh i think this is also um another mode that's in fatal frame 2 uh director's cut and they have another like survival mode so it's like um boss rush survive all the houses and um deal with them and after beating it i think you get um infinite ammo again so it's something similar but you get a special spirit as well uh which is pretty cool it's like more in-game content that you can unlock yeah yeah, in 3, there are a lot of different, like, keys and things that you can only get on a second playthrough, so that uh. was, like, something that's, like, a bit where they just had a lot more, like, content in general that gets added for 3, so just, like, little things like that here and there, like, add to, like, the replay value, especially since it's such a long game. Yeah. Actually, no, I got one, um, I guess, last question to add. Okay, um, how do you guys feel for, like, another Fatal Frame game? They add in, like, a co-op functionality? I mean, you mean, like, as a story or, like, a bonus mode? I guess bonus. Like, it doesn't take away from um, the main thing, but it just only adds to it. 
like akin to like um say Death Space Three, where if you do it in co-op though, it doesn't um take it a take away what you can do by yourself. It only like adds to it, extra story bits and whatnot. I mean, I wouldn't mind it. It would add more replayability and and hell, being able to play with a friend would be nice. Yeah, yeah I, I could see nice. them having like something of like a versus mode where you're trying to like undo like a basic curse. Like you have to go take photos of like three things to get through doors and stuff like that. But uh, fatal just, frame like, battle more... royale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but not like as much of a battle against each other as much as like the clock or the points. Whoever's like higher at the end wins or whatever gets locked in eternity. I don't know. Alright. Um is anybody else got anything else to say but um last few questions said? Like um you Bill? I don't think you say anything. <laughs> yeah sorry. Uh so um well like uh, I would really love the idea of having the battle royale because that would be uh, especially like you know uh with new I think it will really attract like new players because we know that everybody loves battle royale and <laughs> and once you know you can use the points maybe in that battle royale to like unlock new items for the main story or anything you know like new costume that would be really really cool I guess you know, in a way, um, Resident Evil Five does something like this, where you all, you get points from like just doing like um story mode stuff, and um, you can use that stuff to um get like you know infinite ammo or like cosmetic stuff or like action figures within the um the game's context. So that would sound like a bad idea. Yeah, anything that just like parts of the game where you run out of items or something to be able to like add items like at that point by doing something extra that's still like difficult but you know some way that you can make it so you don't get stuck yeah. i think would help for playability and then yeah anything multiplayer it'd be interesting if they could do something that's like on a like phasmophobia level but you know something like that might be more difficult but they oh i forgot about the game that's a good example yeah exactly where where they'd have like a lot of different like ghost content that they could pull in and even if they just did tweaks on a lot of the ghosts that you've seen throughout the series like just like being able to do like either like short episodics of just like going through like some like you know brief little like lore and break a curse or whatever with like a group of friends would be really interesting even if it's like you know like a small area where like two or four people get like thrown in like a small mansion that's like uh like either like a an exact rip of like one of the layouts from one of the games but you just have to fan out and find items do four puzzles and get out like with ghosts <laughs> you know something like that would be interesting as like a multiplayer all right um anything else before we wrap up Hmm. Go on once. Go on twice. Soul to a Renegade Operator. All right. Hmm. All right. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, um, that's all the time we have today. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Let's go ahead and give our outros out, starting with Drill Bit.
up. Right. I guess you could find me on Twitter at drovet777. Uh, I might, uh, speaking of Fatal Frame, I might record a playthrough soon since uh, since I already finished the first game, so might as well go to two. And I've been in the mood to play it anyway. All right. Um, Lily, go ahead and show yourself. Yeah, definitely. Uh, thanks for uh, inviting me in for this. I've always loved the series, so I was glad to be a part of it. I am Lily Greywolf. I do uh, streams and on Twitch and uh, some other content for YouTube every once in a while. But yeah, glad to be a part of it. All right, all right. Um, Belle, go ahead and show yourself. Where can we find you at? Uh, okay, so uh, thank you so much for having me today. It's been a really interesting and informative discussion today. And uh, you guys can... I do a little bit of Twitch streaming too. Uh, my name will be Sleeping Bell. And thank you so much for the opportunity. And I guess I'll see you guys soon. <laughs> thank you. All right. And you can find me on um, Twitter at Immortal Brandle. You can find me on Twitch at Sir Brandle. And yeah, that's it. Everything is in your business. And once again, thank you for joining us today. And... I'll throw me, you asshole. Oh, hey, yeah. Ren. All right. Oh, <laughs> There, there we go. All right, so you can find me on Twitter at rentoperative underscore. You can find me on YouTube at Renegade Operative. Uh, you can find me on Twitch. Shut up, Kaneki. You can find me on Twitch at Renegade underscore Operative. And I will be trying to get this podcast up tonight. I'm going to rush it, but I'm thinking it will probably be up in the morning. So look forward to that. And that's about it. Yeah, I apologize for my human error. Uh Yes, but once again, thank you for watching or listening, depending on um, you consume this. And have a blessed day, night, afternoon, whatever time it is for you. Have a good one. Bye. Don't let the ghost get you. Don't have incest ghost babies, all right? It's bad mm, for your health. No. Awful. <laughs> I, I, well, I ended the recording.